Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. I actually think that song may have been canceled, but uh, in which case, direct your emails to somebody other than me. Uh, but it's the beginning of a show we're doing today about zippers. If you've listened to this show for a long time, you know that we like to take a topic that's sort of an everyday topic, something you've started to take for granted and to not think about and to believe that not thinking about it is an adequate way to get through life and then insist to you that it's more interesting than you had supposed and then ideally prove to you that it's more interesting than you supposed. I think this is going to be relatively easy to do with zippers. They are everyday items. They're all over the place, not just in your clothing. They're on your backpacks and your luggage and they're in art. They're everywhere. Uh, They have all kinds of semiotics to them. Uh, We'll try to talk about a few of those as we go along. And then they're also mildly dangerous, too. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld uh, said that he likes the button fly. He goes, that's the one place in my wardrobe I do not need sharp interlocking metal teeth. It's a mink trap down there. Uh, So, and there, I mean, I think think about every year about 2,000, in, this is in the U.S. alone. About 2,000 men wind up in emergency rooms because there's something about Mary. That whole thing happened. So, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to dwell on this, but zip carefully. Um, all right. So we need to a little, know a little bit about where this came from, the zipper. Uh, and it's actually sort of newer than you might imagine because it doesn't look high tech, right? Uh, well, here to tell us more is Robert Friedel a professor emeritus of history at the University of Maryland and the author of Zipper, an exploration in novelty, uh, among other books. Uh, Robert Friedel, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. So as, as I was saying, I, you know, it, it might seem logical that the zipper's been around two or three hundred years. That's not the case. So tell us a little bit more. Tell us about the origins of the zipper. Well, the zipper is a pretty unobvious sort of invention, actually. Um, It's a little bit more than 100 years old in the way that we think of it. Uh, Although the first effort to make something that we might think of as a zipper goes back to the 1890s. Right. There was something kind of like a zipper at the 1893 Columbian Exposition, the, the famous Red Devil in the White City, Chicago uh, Exposition. Right. 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 Uh, although uh, I think you would have had to have looked hard for it yeah. <laughs> in Chicago, but, but there was something like it there. Right. But we, we, what really kind of changes things is the uh, entry of a Swedish immigrant. His name was Gideon Sundback, uh, and he is the person really who creates something that we could recognize as today's zipper. Tell us about him. 
Okay, sure. Uh, but I do have to back up if you don't mind. Sure. I am a historian after all, yes. so there's background. Right. Uh, the the uh, the episode in Chicago in the 1890s is actually the work of a of a traveling salesman uh, by the name of Wickham Judson, and Judson had this idea for. Uh, taking hooks and eyes, which were common closures for boots and shoes and dresses and that sort of thing, and uh, somehow um, automating them in a way or, or making them into a, a bit of machinery. So he's the one who actually came up with the idea of putting a series of hooks and eyes together with a slider. Uh, the trouble is, uh, it didn't work very well. It, actually, it, it was a terrible device. Uh, <laughs> But it was just good enough that one or two people who had visions of great wealth and prosperity in their heads uh, decided that they would invest in it. And so uh, uh, Judson's device was made and fast-talking salesmen would go around the country trying to sell it. And they sold just enough to make people think, well, this may work. Uh, but it really, really was a, was a very poorly designed device and, and had, had no lasting power whatsoever. So uh, the people doing this ended up hiring, uh, and there's a great story there, but I won't uh, go into it, but they end up hiring this Swedish immigrant by the name of Gideon Sundback, who rec recently arrived in New Jersey. The company is in Hoboken. Uh, and... Uh, 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 some back is recruited. He's a well-trained Swedish engineer. Uh, but uh, the main reason he sticks around with his job is that he falls in love with the manager's daughter. So uh, in order to stick around with, uh, with Elvira, he signs on to the company and makes some modifications. Uh, but it still doesn't work. And now we're all the way into around, what, 1910, 1912. So uh, more than a decade or a decade and a half have been spent on trying to make this thing. And it still doesn't work. Uh, now, if I can be a little romantic here, uh, Elvira, uh, who, whom he marries, uh, dies in childbirth in 1912. And uh, Gideon Sumbach is bereft. So he, his daughter, who survived, his daughter told me that he threw himself into his work, what his father told her, uh, and he completely reinvented the uh, otherwise worthless device that he had, and that the modern zipper around 1914 or so. And so initially, after this device has been invented, First of all, I think one of the big purchasers was the military, but not for clothing and certainly not in the crotch where we're used to it. Uh, this is initially used, I think, for kind of fanny pack kind of things or carrying packs, uh, things like that. Uh, I think the word zipper comes from B.F. Goodrich making sort of rain boots that, or rain shoes that were, they were called zippers. The zipper wasn't called a zipper. So it takes, right. a, it takes a while before the zipper as we know it and most frequently encounter it today becomes the thing that it is. Tell us about it that progression. Yeah. Well, it takes a long time. Uh, the fact is, uh, nobody wants this device. Uh, uh, I mean, there's absolutely nothing you can do with a zipper at this point that you can't do more cheaply and more reliably some other way. That is not a recipe for success. 
Uh, but uh, people see the zipper as modern. They see it as wonderfully mechanical. They see it as up there with the electric light bulb and the automobile and, and even uh, the first wireless radio. The zipper is modern. It's the latest thing. So we should be able to get people to go for this. So uh, the, first, the first item, oddly enough, that they were able to get any sales on were tobacco pouches. Uh, and you can imagine that if you're keeping a uh, tobacco pouch around, uh, uh, hooks and eyes or buttons or snaps, uh, uh, they'll leak. So the zipper was a, a, a nice little uh, answer to that problem. Um, but otherwise, uh, that's a pretty small market. So they were able to get uh, then flying suits. Uh, aviator uh, outfits. Uh, this is around the time of World War One now. So uh, this is something that goes on and off very quickly, and there's some benefit to that. So very slowly they make their way into these sort of niche markets. Uh, as you mentioned, rubber overshoes are, are uh, seem like a good uh, use. So uh, the B.F. Goodrich company. Uh, put them on their overshoes to make them distinctive and modern looking. And they're the ones that coined the term zipper, uh, which very quickly is adopted to refer to the fashioner itself. But now we're all the way into the 1920s and people still aren't buying this thing. It's still not good for trousers or pants because it, 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 if you put it in a child garment, for example, which people try because it's nice to make children clothing easy, it would double the cost of the garment. So this is, again, not a recipe for success. So it just simply by dint of hammering away little niche markets, uh, very good salesmanship. Uh, uh, and finally, in the 1930s, we said 20 years later, they're able to convince fashion designers and high-end tailors uh, to start using it. Was there any point after that when, and, and we can venture a little bit into some of the, the semiotics of zippers and how we see them in movies, but even before that, was there any point at which elements of society worried that zippers would lead to promiscuity, that they would lead to wanton women who could get out of their clothes faster. Uh, I feel like whenever there's an invention like this, there's a, a group of moralists who go, oh, no, that's going to drag us into hell. Well, uh, uh, th there are some wonderful early examples, and uh, uh, the one that might be most familiar to, to your listeners would be Aldous Huxley's novel, Brave New World, uh, which is written in the middle of the 1930s. Uh, and people don't realize it because they're, they're so used to zippers. But in the mid-1930s, they're still considered fairly risque. And so Huxley uh, has zippers all over Brave New World. Uh, and uh, he has uh, a garment called the Zippermamak, which is... Uh, uh, characterized by the fact that you can put it on quickly and more significantly take it off quickly. And this is his little trope for unbridled sexuality in this brave new world. Yeah, it's. I think it's even more than that. There's a, a sharp contrast between the spiritual yearning that John the Savage associates with love and possible sexual expressions of love and Lenina, who's been brought up in this society, who is familiar with all this zipper stuff. 
it's the zipper is almost symbolic of a somewhat more mechanistic uh, view of sex. Sex is something that you you do. You're zipping and unzipping all the time, uh, and, and so John, who's not part of this world, he struggles with it. It it, do, it doesn't seem to have the kind of emotional or spiritual attachment to it. I, well, I, go well, ahead. Yeah. Well, you yeah. Let, let me just turn it up because one point I want to make is that the zipper is a machine. Mm-hmm. And it the it the it the fact that it's a machine that is intermediate between two sexual partners in a sense, that makes it weird. That makes it strange. That makes it very symbolic uh, to the depersonalization of sex, if you will. Right. I, I just want to point out that the other major canonical dystopian novel from more or less that period, 1984, also has a zipper scene. Uh, I, I think when Julia uh, sort of gives herself to Winston, she unzips her overall. Now, here it means something yeah. else. In Brave New World, uh, the zipper is kind of a symbol of sex just being kind of given away, you know, in, in, a, in a sense that's right. almost devalued uh, because it's given away so freely and so promiscuously for Winston and Julia, sex has to be kind of a secret. And so that unzipping of the overall is like, I'm about to let you in on uh, on something that I, right. I can't share with other people. Right. And, and remember, there's a 50, about a 15 year difference between the two novels. And I think that makes a difference in the way that the audience would perceive it. Absolutely. But then ultimately, it, it becomes uh, in movies, um, particularly the either the woman saying to the man, zip me up, referring to the back of her dress, or unzip me, uh, to referring to the back of her dress. This probably becomes, especially in the maybe the Rita Hayworth era, you know, a kind of coded statement about a kind of sexuality they couldn't really show. There's a very famous Rita Hayworth scene, in fact, where she uh, she has herself unzipped, and this is too. This is also from the 1940s, and uh, the meaning of that to a 1940s audience would have been very, very evident. Oh, absolutely! And actually, I don't know if this is anywhere within your purview, but. Most recently, and kind of iconically, in the Harry Potter movies, uh, when Harry Potter zips up Ginny Weasley's uh, dress, that's sort of the beginning of their physical relationship. So this has just sort of gone on and on. Right, right, right. right. It's endless. And and so now zippers kind of have other meanings and other uses, too. Uh, I mean, I don't think that our, our, our good friend Gideon, uh, our, our Swedish immigrant, grief-torn uh, Swedish immigrant zipper inventor, could easily, uh, easily have imagined a plastic bag used for food storage that zips, right? We zip more things these days. Right, right, right. The, 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 the zipper is astonishingly ubiquitous, so I think it fits in with one of your common themes is to, to look at look at the world that's around us and the things that we take utterly for granted and um, start thinking about whether we really should be taking them for granted. So are you are you bullish? Uh, are you bullish about the future of the zipper? Things change, um, you know, fly button or button fly pants come back into vogue, then they go back out of vogue. Uh, Velcro comes along. Are, are, do you feel the zipper is with us to stay for the centuries? Uh, for the foreseeable future, yes. None of the replacement, none of the alternatives. Uh, uh, come anywhere close to the versatility and the sort of universal acceptability uh, of a zipper. 
everything else is going to be niche. Uh, when I started working on this, people said, well, what about Velcro? And I pointed out to them, yeah, well, what about Velcro? Uh, do you see it in, in re replacing zippers? Uh, it's been around now for what, uh, at least half a century. <laughs> no, it doesn't replace zippers. So, so I think the zippers are indeed with us. All right. Well, that's encouraging to hear. Robert Friedel, you have gotten us off to a rip-roaring start. Professor Emeritus of History at the University of Maryland and the author of the book Zipper, an Exploration in Novelty, among other books. We will take a break. We will come back. We will talk about the zipper in fashion. Support for this podcast comes from Hartford HealthCare. Elevating Health is funded by Hartford HealthCare. ECMO is a leading-edge, life-saving treatment for patients with cardiac or respiratory failure. Dr. Jason Gluck, director of the Mechanical Circulatory Support Program and Emergency Cardiac Care at Hartford Hospital, explains what it is. So ECMO stands for extracorporeal membrane oxygenation, outside the body oxygenation of blood. It's a life support technique that's used by highly sophisticated medical systems for patients with severe heart or lung failure. The technique involves removing blood from the body, oxygening it, and then returning it back. ECMO procedures happen in the ICU, but not all hospitals are equipped with the necessary technology and staff. Dr. Gluck describes Hartford Hospital's ECMO Go team. So ECMO is considered when treatments have failed, and in our center, with a special ECMO on the go team, we'll actually take that technology to their hospital and help them out there if they need to to stabilize the patient and then bring them back to heart for recovery. For more information, go to ctpublic.org slash health. All right, we are back. We are talking today about zippers. I want to say that in honor of today's show, uh, I'm wearing a hood. It's my favorite hoodie. It's like my security hoodie. Uh, and I bought it many, many years ago. I'm thinking maybe 2015. Uh, and I was on a bicycle trip in Europe for a magazine article I was writing. Uh, and I was the trip finished in Amsterdam. And it was August. But Amsterdam can be cold in August. And I had traded in the tandem bike that they had loaned us for the trip. And, and I, I just, you know, done one of the little bike rentals you can do in Amsterdam. And I was biking around. It was just cold, you know. And you, it biking makes you colder anyway. It was cold. And I didn't want to waste a lot of time. I was only in Amsterdam for a brief period of time. I ran into an H&M uh, and as quickly as possible, bought the cheapest hoodie I could find uh, just to have something on. And I've kept it forever, and I love it. And it actually has a YKK zipper. We're going to talk at the end of the show to the president of YKK, which is the defining and dominant zipper company in the world. Um, and also, like um, a lot of European garments, uh, particularly different from men's garments here in the U.S., my um, my Dutch um, H&M hoodie has the slide part of the zipper. That's the part that you grab and move uh, on the left side, uh, whereas most American jackets and hoodies, you'll find it over on the right. So here to tell us some uh, um, here to tell us much more is somebody who knows much more than I do. Emma McClendon, uh, a fashion historian curator uh, and author. Uh, she is uh, going to tell us a little bit about the role that zippers play in fashion. So first of all, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So um, maybe just talk a little bit uh, here at the beginning 
uh, about we've talked a little bit with uh, with Robert Friedel about the history of zippers, but maybe you can say a little bit about how they fit into the history of fashion itself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, zippers are really really fun part of fashion. Um, they carry a lot of kind of cultural meaning and resonance. I personally find the history of zippers uh, really interesting in relation to technology and the way that zippers become really associated with uh, sort of an ever increasing uh, rapid pace of modern life in the 1930s and 40s and into the 1960s when they become associated with futurism and the space race in fashion. Right. There's some. It's weird because the zipper kind of keeps trading out its symbolism in different ways, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, initially, it's kind of utilitarian, and people yeah. are kind of wondering whether they want this newfangled thing uh, and what it what it's all about. But but then it it starts to become a substitute, or to has to use that word again, a kind of semiotics. Um, mm. Maybe you can say so. So people doing kind of more futuristic fashion design, they start using zippers more decor- decoratively than usefully. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. In the 1930s, I think a kind of classic example is the uh, designer Elsa Schiaparelli. She's Italian, working in Paris, creating couture garments. So this is the most expensive kind of fashion you can buy. And she's using plastic zippers in really bright colors as a form of decoration. She's putting them really, you, you know, front and center on on evening dresses, on day dresses. And, you know, now I don't think we associate a plastic zipper with high-end couture garments. Um, This is something so common in every day. But in the 30s, you know, this was still something that was considered kind of new and exciting and was seen as a sort of new technological kind of faster way to streamline your garments and get dressed. And so there's a number of examples of designers working with it in this highly decorative way that maybe we would think of as really mundane and not that special today. Right. It's interesting, though. I mean, designers are going to be attracted to something like that. It's something right. that you can you can put it on uh, uh, on a part of a garment. You can have it either work or not work. It, it can be any number of sizes. I came across a, uh, a zipper dress by Sebastian Irazuriz. I'm probably saying Sebastian's name wrong. That has like these this crazy zippers that kind of go all over the place and kind of wrap and unwrap the dress. And I think uh, it has like 120 zippers on it. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, even today, there's designers like uh, uh, Junya Watanabe who created these incredibly sort of, you know, conceptual deconstructed, uh, really incredible garments for uh, the brand Comme des Garçons. And he has an entire dress that's made out of zippers, you know, an evening dress that's sort of them spiraling around the body in a really interesting way. And it's completely decorative. None of these zippers are really working or opening and closing. They're just purely decorative. Right. And I think the zipper that you don't need, but you have anyway, has all kinds of suggestions to it. I pulled up as we were getting ready to do the show today, a still of Brando in The Wild One in 1953. Mm -hmm. And he's wearing that leather jacket. And it has like crazy zippers all over the place. There's one of the iconic photos from that film is of him and his forearm is kind of crooked around to the front of his bike. And you can see there's a zipper that goes up his entire forearm, the outside Mm. of his forearm. There is no purpose for this zipper. But there's something, I mean, he's kind of rebelling against everything, right? And, and maybe the zipper, uh, or at least the sort of gratuitous and possible misuse of the zipper is an aspect of rebellion? 
Well, I think particularly when you're thinking about the biker jackets and using the zipper, one reason they were so interested in integrating a zipper into a garment like that was because zippers were considered so functional and fast and easy to use as compared to snaps or buttons or hooks and eyes that when you're thinking about being on a on a motorcycle and you're thinking about going at a high speed, you want to get in and out of your pocket. You want to, you know, create a, you're getting hot. You want to create a vent, you know, that you, you mentioned the zip on the forearm. It's to like add vent ventilation, but you don't want to be like futzing with all these other things. The zipper was seen as this way to really kind of streamline functionality, but then add decoration. And I think in being connected to a biker jacket that then through Hollywood, through figures like Brando gets connected to rebellion, it then gets sort of picked up, you know, by different groups after this period, like the punks and others, and as a sort of language of rebellion. I don't necessarily th think that a zipper by and of itself is sort of subcultural or rebellious. I think there's a way in which it was about streamlining and functionality and progress in the future that then gets adapted in these different ways that pick up new meanings as they go. Right. And, and another meaning that gets picked up, although it's not that much of a stretch. So in 1969, Andy Warhol is at a party in New York with Mick Jagger. And he says, you know, it'd be interesting to have just a real zipper on your album cover. And mm. he winds up creating that crotch and zipper on the original Sticky Fingers vinyl, a working zipper. And, and if we had any doubts about the other possible symbolic nature of the zipper, they are they are dispelled by this, correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that a zipper is one that carries connotations of sexuality. Absolutely. I think it also has aspects of class in it as well, in addition to kind of thinking about the future, because there's a way in which, you know, zippers are also about making it easier to get dressed, making it easier to get things on and take things off. And so obviously that's connected to sort of sex and undressing, but it's also connected to sort of being able to dress yourself, right? being able to sort of create a garment that is really sort of leveling across class lines that you don't need someone to help you get dressed necessarily if you have a sort of zipper in the back or at the side as opposed to sort of doing up countless buttons or hook and eyes which a lot of women's wear in particular had up until the sort of you know 1920s 1930s right i mean there's still that final thing i mean i totally take your point which is you know it, anything that was going to involve buttons in the back of a garment or hooks and <laughs> hooks and eyes or whatever that that's a two person job and obviously if you're in downton abbey uh, or the, or the gilded age you have somebody to do that for you but there's still that real problem and and if you if you can't get harry potter to zip up the back of your dress um you might walk around as Lisa Kudrow does in an episode of Friends. She's walking around with uh, her dress zipped all the way down in the back. Uh, let's hear that exchange. Oh, hey, Ross. I'm oh, so glad someone's here. Could you zip me up? Uh, sure. Thank you. Can you believe no one between my apartment and here offered to do that for me? People. <laughs> People. Um, but I, I think your point is a great one. And, and really, if you look at the history of zippers, one of the first applications was with children, because mm. if you've ever had a kid uh, or had to dress a kid or had to deal with a kid and, and trying to button anything up while the kid is fidgeting or whatever, um, and, and you know, it, it, that's a horrible experience uh, a lot of the time. But also it just made children more independent. Here, go zip yourself up, right? 
<laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's there's thinking dynamically about all different types of clothing in the creation of the zipper. It's thinking about workwear, it's thinking about children's wear, it's also then thinking about these high fashion applications and the ability to get, you know, two pieces of fabric closed together really quickly with just the pull of a tab, you know, was revolutionary. Is there any sense now that um, zippers. I mean, first of all, we should say I, we'll get into this when we talk to the president of YKK. But um, but there's is there any sense now that zippers are acquiring a somewhat different meaning? Like like maybe they're a little bit déclassé, or if you ha- you're really doing haute couture or something really interesting, uh, something kind of different, um, maybe you don't want a zipper. I don't know. I mean, I think that zippers are kind of in a moment. I. I find zippers really interesting in that they kind of, you know, they go in and out of fashion. There's moments where they become really popular and you're using them all over the place. In the last, you know, 20 years or so, there's been pockets where all of a sudden you see them everywhere and people are having these really sort of flashy gold zippers or something, you know, really prominently, uh, you know, whether they're working or not displayed across a garment. And I feel like we're in a moment where zippers are maybe a little more incognito or not necessarily the focus as much. And I think that that just has to do with the flow of trends. I think it was about 10 years ago or so where we saw zippers everywhere. And I always say that fashion is a bit like physics, you know, (laughs) for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So as soon as you see something really saturate the market, like the zipper and the exposed zipper, the way it was around sort of 2010, 2011, 2012, you know, you know that it's going to sort of start to recede. And in the case of the zipper, that's quite literally, it starts to kind of go back a little bit inside the seams of a garment, even though you still have some of those types of clothing, like the biker jacket, that we expect an exposed zipper. So, you know, I I heard uh, uh, on the previous segment sort of talking about like, will the zipper ever go away? I think there's, it's not going away. I think there's some garments where it's, it's there to stay. It's just how much we see it across other sectors being used really decoratively and not purely functionally kind of ebbs and flows. All right. We're going to um, pause here for a little break, but we're so lucky to have with us Emma McClendon, a fashion historian, curator and author. And now we're going to go to a segment where people ask you to contribute to make uh, pledges to support public broadcasting. If you pledge during our hour, the hour in which I am speaking to you. It redounds to our credit, theoretically, so I'm even more enthusiastic about the idea of your making a pledge right now. But as we're in this pledge drive, yeah, really important to do that. Uh, The people who are coming on will tell you exactly why. All right. Uh, first of all, it's time to, to say some thank yous. Um, this, uh, this show today was produced by our senior producer, Lily Tyson, producing this particular episode of the show. And on the board today, we have whiz kid Dylan Reyes uh, in, uh, in the studio uh, running things. He and I are going to execute a daring aerial maneuver at the end of the show. So, But we're very excited about our next guest. I should say that because I'm really old, I do remember growing up at a time where your zipper probably was a little bit more likely to have the name of a company called, or a brand name anyway, called Talon uh, on it, which since I began the show by pointing out that 2,000 men go to emergency rooms every year, having gotten a certain sensitive part of their body into the clutches of a zipper, 
Talon is not a good name for a zipper company. Anyway, they've fallen on somewhat harder times. And the, the company that dominates the market and is also, I think, synonymous with quality, there are people who will not buy a garment if it doesn't have uh, this kind of zipper on it. It's called YKK. Uh, and joining us right now is Jim Reed, president of YKK Corporation of America. Welcome to our show. Thank you, Colin. You're you're not nearly as excited as I am. I, I'm I've been listening to your show, and it's just absolutely wonderful. I've learned so much. Uh, <laughs> now I know what semiotics means. I, I looked that up, so I'm ready to go. All right. So yeah, you're more than ready to go. So this is we should say this is a company that was started in Japan. Uh, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think the Make in Georgia facility now is the biggest uh, manufacturer for YKK. Is that right? Uh, that's biggest in the Americas. In the Americas. Um, but we are in 72 countries and territories around the world right now uh, with some pretty massive factories in some of the more, uh, the larger apparel manufacturing countries. Okay. Like Asia. And then I, I don't know. Is there a number like how, how many zippers you, the company makes every year? That is a good question. Yeah. So we've just, uh, we've just hit a record this year. Uh, our fiscal year ends, uh, ended uh, March 31st and uh, 10.2 billion zippers this year. <laughs> That's a lot of zippers. Right. And they all work, which is amazing to me. Yes. Well, that that would be key, right? Uh, that is key. That is key. Uh, they don't work. By the way, there are on YouTube, for those of you listening, there are a lot of DIY things about a zipper that jams and stuff, and you can use graphite pencils and all kinds of stuff. And if, if, you're, if you're doing the emergency room thing, you pour uh, mineral oil on it, apparently, until things loosen up there. But, uh, but not a problem that we want to associate with YKK in any particular right. way. And one thing that's amazing about this company, as I started to read up on it, is you're kind of both horizontally and vertically integrated. I mean, you really have become a dominant uh, maker and seller of zippers, but you kind of, the company makes everything that it uses, right? I mean, you guys, right. you make the machines make that the make- stuff that yeah. makes our stuff. Yeah, so, yeah but say a little bit more about that. Like you make the machines that make the zippers. You make the boxes the zippers go out in. Do you smelt your own metal? I, I, what, what else yes. do you do? Yes, yes. I mean, if you come down to Macon, Georgia, we've got two and a half million square feet of manufacturing space, and we and we and we literally start from the beginning, and we smelt our own wire, and we sew our own tape, and yeah, it's it from soup to nuts. We're completely vertically integrated, and for the for the special machines that make the zippers, we make those as well. I mean, that's a third of our business. That is amazing. And so, I mean, having lived through two years of a supply chain crisis, I'm, I'm imagining you guys are kind of chuckling behind your hands at all that. Oh, no. I mean, we're all suffering. I mean, it's, it, we're all part of this together. So, uh, but, uh, you know, in some cases, having 70, you know, being in 72 countries does help. Uh, in some cases, it's more challenging. So uh, it's, it's very, very complicated. We have literally thousands of zipper products uh, that we manufacture just out of the Macon factory and around the world, um, tens of thousands. Right. And I want to get into a little bit of the variety of this as we go along. But we, sh we should also just say, I mean, maybe the answer to this question is obvious, but, um, you know, I, I said that I, I do know of people who, who before buying a garment uh, or maybe a piece of luggage, uh, we'll check the zipper. If it doesn't say YKK, they won't buy it. But and I'm yeah, because you know all the best, the best and smartest people. That's exactly what they should. <laughs> but what what's the argument for that? I mean, I guess it's pretty obvious. But what's the argument for caring what kind of zipper you have? It's the last thing that a lot of people think about. 
Well, I think it should be the first thing. I mean, it, none of it works without it, especially your luggage. I mean, all, all you have to think about is when that lug, when that, when that uh, bat, that zipper bag breaks, you know, if you're at the airport or you're in a strange hotel, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when your airtight, watertight zipper uh, fails, um, you know, you, you, you're going to be in trouble. So it's absolutely critical. Okay. We don't even want to talk about pants. You know, I mean, that's a whole different topic. Right. With pants conceivably, I mean, it's going to be a pain in the neck, but you could, you you could have a new zipper put in, but I think with a piece of luggage or something, the zipper doesn't work anymore. You're tossing that thing. You're not going to uh, be able to do anything about it. So, but, so you mentioned watertight. uh, And and so this is an area you guys have moved into that we're talking about spacesuits, dive suits, things like that. Zippers. I, I would assume we are talking about a level of technology that wouldn't be all that familiar to to the inventor of the zipper in, in 1910. Absolutely, absolutely. So yes, of course, everybody knows about the apparel zippers, and and those are are great. Um, but we also have moved into a lot of industrial and 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 more sophisticated areas, especially in the United States. When um, you know a lot of the apparel industry moved out of the United States, we needed to figure out a way to reinvent ourselves. And so airtight, watertight is one of those key areas. Um, so that goes on um, dry suits, um, emergency suits, uh, hazmat suits. You know, those are those are things. Those are life and death situations. And um, our engineers design zippers, and our and our operators make zippers by hand to fulfill those missions. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah, this is a, a life or death zipper. Um, and and as opposed to you know I don't know a wardrobe malfunction zipper, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly. uh, not that that was zipper uh, oriented. I can't remember whether it was or not. I've suppressed it. So um, yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about the future. In particular, you're kind of working with what we might call smart zippers now, right? That there's a zip. There are That's zippers right. with uh, an internet integration. What would be the I was hoping that it would be that the zipper would tell my smartphone that my zipper is down and needs to be zipped up before I walk out in public. I don't think that's what you're doing, though. That's a good idea. I'll, I'll, I'll ask our engineers to design that one next. I'll get back to you on that one. But no, that's, you know, where this is going is, is, up to, is only limited by the imagination of uh, designers in the future. But this is a zipper with a chip and a near-field communications aspect. And it can be the place where all information about a particular garment resides. And so with it ties in also with the important area of innovation right now, which is sustainability. And it will give, you know, the, the easy answer right now is it will give the owner total understanding of the sources of all aspects of their garment. And it will tell them if there's a failure or if there's a need for repair or if there's you know something in the future that they need to be thinking about that this will be a communication device as well um, i think rental is also a very very interesting area you know as apparel becomes rented mm. um, this the you know putting putting some brains in the pull of the slider of the zipper is a great place to manage that um, you'll be able to see where it went or when it needs to be back and things like that. So uh, it's very exciting. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that is exciting. Um, so I just say a tiny bit more about, so in other words, the zipper would maybe communicate about the overall condition of the garment or, I, first of all, I don't want a zipper telling me that I'm putting on a few pounds and I'm no longer a 34 waist or something. I already know that. But is that, <laughs> is that the kind of thing the zipper is going to be talking to a computer about? 
I hope I hope not for my sake. <laughs> I hope not. But but the but the garment the garment manufacturer and garment designers have very you know as as these garments become more sophisticated as the materials make the overall like a jacket like a ski jacket or or other types of jackets that have high functionality as those become more specialized. Um, there, they may want to uh, communicate certain aspects of, of care for that, uh, that garment. And so there may be a time when they may want to tell you, hey, the warranty's running out. Are you still pleased? That'll be something that'll be interesting. You know, uh, Sam Waterston occasionally listens to our show, and he's been a guest on the show. Uh, I see a Law & Order episode, right? I mean, this yeah. could be a great plot device that there's a smart zipper. The zipper actually you know, has some information incredibly valuable to the case, uh, I think we could pitch exactly. this. We could pitch exactly. This. We could start. Yeah, yeah. We don't know where this thing's gonna go. This thing could go all the way to the top. There's um, most zippers. Uh, you know, most all, zippers do go all the way to the top. I want to point that out. Anyway, continue. Ours do. Yeah, ours certainly do. So we. Um, another thing about the the zipper is that it's it's the primary kind of metallic. It can be metallic item in a piece of clothing, and so it has a natural conductive you know, capability. Uh, and so as textiles get smarter, uh, it really should be the central area for all the computing that goes on around smart textiles. So that's, these are textiles that monitor your temperature or your, your, your health performance. There's a lot of bio uh, testing that can be done. So heart monitoring, things like that. I, I see a slogan, you know, the YKK zipper, the nerve center of your pants. I mean, we just—we're going to hire you. Are you yeah. How long are you going to be doing this gig? I've got—I'm hanging by a thread here, Jim. I've got to make okay. some some new plans right. here. Um, well, yeah, just very quickly. We only have about a minute left, but you mentioned, mentioned sustainability. Uh, yes. Just quickly tell us where YKK is going on that. Okay, so we're going all the way, and by uh, 2030, we'll reduce our carbon footprint by 50 percent. By 2050, we'll be carbon neutral. By 2030, we'll be 100 uh, percent recycle recyclable materials. So we're committing completely to you know those standards set forth in the Paris uh, the Paris uh, Agreement and um, meeting the needs of the apparel industry overall to really hit those hit those targets. So the, the, the unique aspect of the zipper is that it's oftentimes made of different material than the clothing. And so it needs to, it needs to integrate with the recycled process as part of the circularity program of apparel. Cool. Jim Reed, we've got to stop there. President of the YKK Corporation of America. Make sure you buy their zippers uh, and check carefully, too, because every once in a while there's like a YCK, some knockoff from some other country. So uh, make sure you get the right ones. Meanwhile, I'm wondering if there's anybody who would let me talk some more. Zip it. I'm just trying Zip. to. Zip. Would you like to have a suckle of my zipper? I want Zip. you. Stop. Zip it. Zip it. Oh. You know you're like a child. Talking. If you just one time. Zip it. Unveil the time portal.